Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Gray Matters. This is Ricky, and we are excited for this episode because this is a part two episode with We Are Butterfly Effect, talking, continuing our conversation about presidential elections. Hi, everyone. This is Charmaine. Yes, if you have not listened to part one, please go ahead and do that now. This is a continuation of that conversation. And if you haven't listened to our voting literacy episode, which was another bonus episode with um, Jeanette and Katina of We Are Butterfly Effect, please go ahead and listen to that as well. You don't have to listen to these in order, but it might make a little bit more sense. So like Ricky said, we're going to continue our conversation about presidential elections and we'll touch on some other issues. And one of the things that you'll notice in this episode, and a lot of our episodes actually, but especially in, in this one, when we talk about presidential elections, part one and part two, is that there's a lot of um, intersecting topics and they all kind of connect to one another. So we're going to um, kind of continue the conversation and talk about swing states and the power of swing states, but we're also going to talk about voter suppression and gerrymandering and kind of how those have been used as tools to keep people systemically oppressed and to prevent them from voting and really participating in their right, um, which because voting is a right, it is not a privilege, although due to these factors, it's often treated as a privilege. So we really want to kind of dismantle that narrative and talk about um, voting as an essential right for all Americans. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I really, I mean, both Ricky and I love this conversation so much, and we love everything that you talked about in, in part one, and we, you know, kind of got into the nitty gritty about presidential elections, and we got into a little bit more um, detail and, and uh, explanation of how it impacts our local elections and kind of how it's a top-down approach, but also... It, it really connects, right? So like mm -hmm. our local elections and our local kind of political leanings will impact the, the national at the national level and vice versa. So yeah, take it away. <laughs> Absolutely. So to speak about in gerrymandering, kind of start off there because it's kind of a subject that goes into um, how these other swing states or battleground states work is... Um, keeping it very simple, it basically, they change the mapping of districts where you live mm -hmm. to make it work in their benefit for their vote to count for whatever they, whoever that state wants to win. Mm -hmm. Long story short, it is, um, I, I actually will say that it's kind of difficult to explain um, because it is so complex mm -hmm. and there are so many different it's like um, a mouse maze. I mean, it, it takes you in so many different directions. Um, and I, trying to simplify it, was even kind of perplexed about it. Because I was like, how do I say this without saying this? And so on and so forth. And what I'll say is, is that is, as a resource in general, there's a couple YouTube videos <laughs> that are very good in if you're a visual learner like myself, I can honestly say I am. It was really easy for me to understand on a visual aspect. And it was only literally 55 seconds long, but it made more sense in conjunction with the stuff that I read to go along with it. Um, so basically, they just change geographical mapping based on ethnic background, 
based on population, based on how much money that county produces, so on and so forth, and they make it work in their benefit, mm -hmm. period. That's how it works on either side of the party. Um, and it's, it's um, something that's a little messed up because you could be in a very, um, I'll just use this as an example, you can be in a very democratic, so to speak, uh, neighborhood, right? But that government can now shift that part of the local community to be part of a different district mm -hmm. that is a very Republican district. Mm -hmm. So even if you have everybody in that county show up, because you're in a district that is a more Republican-leaning district, the Republican side will win mm -hmm. because it is a larger area. So they basically took what could have won in this district out of that district and put it into the other district to lean it towards a Republican right, district. Mm. So, and I know that's a little complicated, <laughs> but that's the simplest way that I can put it. They changed the lines to make it work in their benefit for who they want to win. And Long story short. Exactly. What I, can I add really quickly with gerrymandering? Yeah. I think the visual is so important because mm -hmm. if you ever like just Google search and do a Google image search of gerrymandered districts, it's crazy. Like they look crazy. Mm -hmm. like, it yes. is not geographic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they will, sometimes you will see like the way that the lines are drawn, it's so rigged and you can really see mm -hmm. how, uh, you can really see how they rig the system. It's a very visual example. And it's just, that's the best way I have of describing it, which isn't very great, but I really encourage you if, if you're able to, to look at this, um, to, to literally go look at it because the maps will really show you. It really explains what gerrymandering is. For and how, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how yeah. crazy the, the districts mm -hmm. can it, look. Yeah. It's, Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, Ricky, sorry. No, I was just gonna add on that. I think that it's interesting that even that gerrymandering is such an, like a huge, not huge, it's so important to understand that even at an academic level, like I'm in a sociology, social justice course, and just a few weeks ago, we studied gerrymandering. And um, I'm actually going, we're actually going to link the website and the article that we talked about in the class because um, the websites were actually for social justice organizations that are fighting against gerrymandering. Mm -hmm. One of them was um, the fairvote.org and they kind of break down like the history of gerrymandering mm -hmm. and like how it's expanded and how I really appreciate it because they also do visuals too. Like you can actually <laughs> see how, how it just doesn't make sense. And it's, you can see how it, affects you individually and um affects you like at individually but also your district and at a large like mm -hmm. it continues to expand outward the effects of um this process that we currently have um and i think it's important um like charmaine said to note that um i think you said this in part one it's like it's all intertwined it's all connected like gerrymandering is part of the overall topic of voter suppression um mm -hmm. and i think that with with a greater understanding for me personally i can say with a more understanding i get even more confident to learn mm -hmm. more, to understand more to 100%. Wanna, you know to want to know what i can do 
to, to help my voice be heard. Yeah, it goes back to what we said earlier, you know, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't know until you learn. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it, it's a very, um, I can't wait to see the visual was what tied it in for me. I read article after article after article, and I'm like, what? Like, wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. And, and, and don't, and for the listeners in general, I mean, this is, this is not an accident that mm-hmm. this is not easily understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah, is the so whole you point. And you are just kind of like, I yeah. don't want anything to do with it. Sure. Yeah. These people and are intelligent. Who comes who yeah. come up with these things? They're not just sitting around like, oh yeah, it'll be easy for her to understand. No, it's complicated mm-hmm. for a reason. And unless you have the drive to say, man, you know what? That was really interesting. And now I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And now I feel a sense of I want to do more you don't get that from that just because you wake up one day and you're like today I'm gonna be political (laughs) and I'm gonna be really great at it It, it's a process you know Mm -hmm. and and they're smart in the way they they do things it's not a easy it's a complicated situation it's hard to explain it's hard to understand that is on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi movie almost. I'm like, oh, yes. what's happening? Like, yes. how, how is this okay? Like, how has this, and why didn't I know about know. this now? Like, why, why wasn't, I think the question I always ask myself is, why was this not taught in an educational system? Like, why, mm-hmm. why is it that I have to wait until, and this is about a lot of the different topics of discussion that we have on Gray Matters in general is like, you shouldn't have to wait until you pay thousands of dollars to get a higher education mm-hmm. degree to learn about your, to learn more about like your vote, to learn more about, you know, voter mm-hmm. suppression, gerrymandering, like this should be general public I mean, knowledge. Yeah. And it's a part of like I, um, civic duty. So yeah, exactly. Just to piggyback on what you just said, Ricky, it's interesting um, when you were telling us your story previously about being from Texas and understanding, mm-hmm. you know, your state and hearing that it's Republican and kind of feeling like that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. My experience is completely different. I'm raised on the West coast. We learned about voting, electoral college, all of that from the sixth grade on through high school. The reason being is that when you have more of a democracy, they want you to understand the power you have. They want you to understand how to use your voice. So that's why once these opportunities started coming up, I got so passionate to get about it again because I was like, how did I lose that insight and that energy that I had about this? And it just triggered something. So it's interesting how even demographically when you grow up, your experience as children really mold you to be who you are now and it's like yes you're finding you know more information now that interest in this topic however you should have had that education way back when so you could be ready to like hit the ground running when you have the opportunity to yeah 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 Yeah. for sure i feel like that um the different i feel like everything links back to voter suppression but like like you said like it was psychological voter suppression for me and for a lot of people that i know because i mean even even recently just be very like i'm gonna be very honest with all of our voters i had no idea texas was a swing state until like you Mm -hmm. guys um put it on the on our you know our episode outline and i was like Mm -hmm. No mm-hmm. way. And I think, you know, it was kind of like, like we were saying, voter, psychological voter suppression to where I thought all the time, 
well, there's nothing. And I know a lot of people around me all the mm-hmm. time. That's the common narrative. We're in the South. We're in Texas. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, anything, the, the status quo will remain the same if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it historically, the status quo has changed over the years. And it has changed based on the participation in voting. And that, mm-hmm. that shows that, you know, our vote, our individual vote is so strong, you know, and absolutely, it, can, absolutely. it can affect the collective, you know, and now that I'm more knowledgeable and I'm more aware, I can see the world around me in a different way. I'm like, you know what? My vote does matter because if it didn't matter, there wouldn't be all of these different mm-hmm. ads. There wouldn't be all oh, of this absolutely. different push. You know, there yes. wouldn't be all of these different tools out here to, you know, encourage my vote, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They um, they wouldn't be spending all this money for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really what, you know, people need to understand. Like, nobody st- spends money for just to be spending it. There is mm-hmm. a purpose behind it. Um, and so nobody should ever question if their vote counts. You know, it's just the way that it is. But tying in the swing states you know, which also are known as battleground states. There's a couple different things. And um, so Arizona is one of them, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Minnesota, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, okay? Then you have a couple states in there that are really competitive for 2020, which are not necessarily new, but they're still in there, are Iowa, Minnesota, New Hampshire, Ohio, and Texas. So traditionally, for instance, in 2016, Ohio was definitely a swing state. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of changes every year because of demographics Mm -hmm. and how that primary vote comes out. That's really what determines it. And so then you're going into um, 127 electoral votes just for those eight states total. And then you have all these other states, which obviously they do something. But if you, these battleground states, if they win that electoral vote, it's basically one of those states that's going to make them win. And Mm -hmm. that's why they're battleground states or swing states, because that will swing the narrative to one side Mm -hmm. or the other. It will be one of these states that has that power to change the election. And that's why it's such an important thing. And that's why they also campaign in those states. There, you see all these rallies, you see all these uh, town meetings, you see all of that because the their votes. They're ex- typically held in those states. There you mm-hmm. go. And that's why, because they have to make a difference in those states to win, period. Yeah. yeah. And you said it's it was, it's one, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember if it's 127, right? Is yes, that what you said? 127 for the eight states. And that's mm-hmm. out of 240, right? That's 270. 270. 270. Yeah, so you've got 143 other votes that mm-hmm. matter in 42 states. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Insane. Insane. And that's why those dollars, that time, the energy, the campaigning, all mm-hmm. goes there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's also, I think that also connects to what we were just saying earlier, um, both what like, like Ricky and Katina, what you had mentioned too about voter suppression and like also keeping Mm -hmm. people disenfranchised from voting Mm -hmm. because the more you know, the more you know about the power that your vote has on a local, Mm -hmm. on a state, on a federal level, um, 
you know, I think that scares a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Absolutely. we were having this conversation a little bit earlier too. And it, it's just, that's why it's so important to recognize all of these things because, and that's why voter suppression exists. Because if you suppress people and you keep them from voting and you keep them thinking, oh, well, we're a red state and my vote isn't going to matter, whatever it may be, whatever the narrative is, if we keep people suppressed, then, then a certain side gets, uh, gets, gets the louder narrative. They mm-hmm. get to center their narrative. So and I yes. mean, if we just sat and thought about all of the ways that are just are in the past and the present that our society here in the U.S. specifically has kept certain people away from the vote or from the mm-hmm. polls. Like oh, yeah. The other day I sat down with that and I was like, wow, that in mm-hmm. itself speaks the Huge. power of the vote in itself. Like the amount of work one has to go mm-hmm. to to even vote. Like I was talking to a friend recently who um, graduated from law school in Louisiana and she got her, um, she got her, she got her degree and she had to move back home to Texas, but she got her ID from Louisiana, but she's now in Texas. And like all of the steps that she has to go yeah. through to prove mm-hmm. that she is a Texas resident, you know, in itself, or even if you think about people who are part of the mass incarceration system and all of the oh, steps yeah. that they have to go through to secure their vote back shows just how powerful the vote, like the, mm-hmm. the pop, like the, the the size of voter suppression i don't know what other word to use but just the magnitude of voter suppression shows just how powerful like how much um certain people want others to be kept away from the polls and Mm -hmm. so i feel like if you thought about it in that terms for me that's what really pushes me i'm like wow the power of this you know this disenfranchisement this marginalization of certain people Mm -hmm. really must show how powerful those voices are yeah in the in the beginning of this process um i remember telling katina we're just you know learning different things and trying to get all this information together and um i learned specifically that i had always thought that if you're a felon you no longer can vote Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so that is true and to a certain extent but if you are in appeal if you are done and out of jail and you are no longer on um, any probation, if so on and so forth, do you know how many people can vote? I mean, just that alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are they offering them voting? Are Mm -hmm. they, I mean, there's just so many things like our prison system is packed with people who are in appeals Mm -hmm. who are, I mean, for years, these appeals go on and they could be voting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there, I guarantee you, they don't have that opportunity. Yeah. They're not offering them a mail-in ballot. They're not, who would, right? Mm-hmm. So it's such an opportunity to get in and really speak to the, the disenfranchised, the ones that have mm-hmm. been hurt by all kinds of systematic things um, to really make a change. And it's, it, Katina has all these amazing tidbits that she's about to tell you that it kind of blew my mind a little bit so <laughs> well i which what exactly are you speaking to all of them <laughs> i don't know if go for it them. list them all katina <laughs> all of them. well i i found it really interesting um that i was looking at just the the effect and the impact of the 2016 election and it was really interesting to me that only 56 percent of americans voted in 2016 Mm. 90% are eligible to vote, but only 56. 
along with that, I found that out of the whole entire world, we are actually the country with the least participation mm-hmm. in any election in the world. Wild. Regularly. And I, I look at that as we're the most affluent, we have the most money, we have most this and most that, but we're not voting. We don't care about our privilege. Like we're not you can use why. our voice. And that's where um, I was telling Jeanette, I feel like it is just this this way of thinking, like you say, and being privileged that um, you know it's just it's just gonna be what it is. And if enough of us think, you know, it's just gonna be what it is, well then it will just be what it is. And that's currently what we're in now. So as we start caring and start really utilizing uh, the resources that we have to ensure that every vote is counted, we can then start to change that dialogue. And I mean, I, I would love for hopefully after this election, you know, to be somewhere in the ranking, you know, outside of the least <laughs> participation, at least, you know, maybe within the top 20, I'll take that. I'm just wishful hoping. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're absolutely capable. And I think if, if we don't know better, you know, you can only, you can't do better if you don't know better. Sure. So yeah. let's just start this dialogue. And I, I think that this is a perfect time to do so. I love that. I think that's so, I love that you brought that up because it's, yeah, it is, that is kind of crazy. I remember reading something like that recently, Katina, where it was, yeah, I was just shocked. And I'm like, we have like these amazing educational systems. People come from all right. over the world to attend our colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting over here, you know, with the average American, either unable to, mm-hmm. you know, through voter suppression or other means, but the majority yes. of people who, you know, are, are, are able to, like you said, about 90% are just not doing it for whatever reason. And, and you're very right, Jeanette, yeah. like that is very yeah. much an indication of, of privilege. And, but I, I, I really appreciate the tone of that because I think it's, it's kind of segues perfectly into my, our other point, which is why it's so important not to lose hope. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are so yes. many ways to stay connected. And I think the more knowledge you have, the more, you know, like you said, Katina, the more, you know, the more you can stay involved the more we are able to keep that hope mm-hmm. going, right? Like if, yes. if we just kind of lose hope and like you said, if we just say, oh, it is what it is, well, then that's, it, it, yeah. it's going to be, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if we step forward and say, no, I know that my voice is important. I know that they are right. trying to disenfranchise me because my voice is so important. We're able to rally and and gather. And there's so many ways of staying involved and staying informed. And mm-hmm. I would even, one of my favorite things is just to, this kind of leads into a lot of what we talk about at Gray Matters is having these uncomfortable conversations, mm-hmm. but it's sometimes just leaning into your friends. And uh, like, I think Jeanette and I talked about this a lot in 2016, where I just had to kind of like have these conversations with some people. A lot of times I was it was just the energy. It's just, I kind of brought these mm-hmm. conversations to me. I was not starting them, but a lot of people <laughs> would just say, Oh, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like voting. And I think they knew that I had some more information and, and, and I would just be like, why? Like, do you need a ride? Like, are you not registered? Like what mm-hmm. happened? I think a lot of times it was just starting these conversations and I felt better because a lot of my friends and those people were like, you know what? I registered on time this year. I mm-hmm. changed my registration from whatever city I was living in. And I found out that now I have to vote in Dallas or, you know, wherever I live. Yeah. And, um, it's just, it, you know, if anything, it was disappointing in 2016, but at least this time around they were like, okay, I see why I have to vote. I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, you know, yeah, I know mm-hmm. I didn't do it then, but I'm doing it now. Yeah. Or what made me really happy is I had uh, Ricky and I've talked about this too. Like a lot of people, um, voted in, 
I forget what just happened two years ago, but like, you know, the, the, the local elections. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Because like you said, I think we talked about this in episode one, two, we have elections every two years for the most part, most states Mm -hmm. or most districts will, they're not just every four years. So, um, I was really happy to hear a lot of people were, were more at least registering and, and more aware of non-presidential elections. So like, you know, our local and state level elections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you, you show me talking about those uncomfortable conversations is so important because even having uncomfortable conversations with yourself, I think mm-hmm. is too, so important. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, you know, in order for me to understand more about the voter suppression that I have, I guess, even within myself, I had to have uncomfortable conversations with myself. I had to ask myself, well, Ricky, why do you think this? And and you know, do more research. So I think that it shows the power of individual, like indiv- I think that individual like research and, and, and mm-hmm. individual like conversations with yourself can give you the confidence to mm-hmm. kind of have those outward conversations with other people. You know, the more sure. knowledge and resources that you intake yourself, you can mm-hmm. the more like share those knowledge, share those right. resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like we always say, we are here as a resourcing, giving platform. Mm-hmm. Like we want to provide as many resources possible to our communities. And we are Butterfly Effect. They also on their platforms, which we will share with the Gray Matters community, provide resources about voting, share information about the different um, topics that we had in this part and also part one. So please feel free to check out um, their Instagram. Um, We will link them through our Instagram. Um, As always, you can check out our website where we will list all the resources from part one and from this part two. Um, But we we also have resources listed from our voting literacy episode that we mentioned before. Um, and feel free to email us. As always, we're here available through email. That's graymatters2blog at gmail.com. If you have any more questions about voting, if you have your specific state questions or districts, send them to us. We are here to help you find resources to help, um, to help you know the power of your vote. Um, and this is early voting in Texas and a lot of other states. So please, please, please use your vote. Go to the polls. If you have any questions, like I said, there's resources on our webpage and we will talk to you soon. Yes. And thank you again, Jeanette and Katina for joining us and, and illuminating us in the Gray Matters community with your knowledge. We really appreciate you. Thanks for having thank us. You. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to vote everyone. Bye. Go vote. Please go vote. <laughs>